0: Today on CityCast Denver, Colorado author Peter Heller's newest novel, The Guide, takes place at an elite fishing resort in Crested Butte, but the characters soon discover that things are not quite as idyllic as they seem, and the whole story unfolds over the backdrop of a mysterious, unnamed pandemic. Our own Peyton Garcia loved reading The Guide. She sat down with the author last August to talk about his writing process and how the real-life COVID pandemic infiltrated his thriller. We're listening back to their conversation as part of our summer book week. Today is Thursday, July 14th. I'm Lizzie Goldsmith, In Fabree Davies, and this is Citycast Denver.
1: Hi, Peter.
2: Good morning.
1: Welcome to CityCast Denver.
2: Ah, I'm so glad to be here. Yay.
1: So let's get right into it. Um, you've got a new book out, The Guide. I read it, I loved it. Um, I don't remember the last time I read a book in two sittings. I couldn't put it down. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about what the book's about?
2: Sure. Um, well, it begins with Jack from the River, uh, my protagonist from the last book. He's a young uh, ranch kid from western Colorado near Kremling. Uh, Now he's about uh, 25 years old. He's suffered some big losses in his life, the loss of his mother when he was young and and recently his best friend. And um, He takes a job as a fly fishing guide at a very elite luxury lodge uh, near Crested Butte on the Taylor River, uh, trying to sort of get his life, get reconnected to the things that give him joy. And he he knows that staying working on the ranch with his dad for another, uh, you know, the next few months probably isn't a good idea. So he, he gets this job. Uh, it's so elite that many of the clients there, the fishing clients, uh, use initials instead of last names <laughs> because they're rich and famous. And he finds out that his first client is Allison Kaye who he thinks is probably a famous country singer, but he's not sure. And um, they begin to fish, and as the story unfolds, they discover things about this place that are unsettling and disturbing and realize that um, stuff is not how it seemed in the beginning. And uh, so that's how the story begins, and it and it, and it gets um, thrilling fast.
1: <laughs> it sure does, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it is post-COVID times. It is a novel that is based in the pandemic times that we're currently living through. Um, so I want to ask, why did you do that? And, and how did you go about doing that?
2: Yeah, you know, so I, I, I didn't mean to. Uh, I always start with a first line. Um, I came up as a poet, and I'm most interested in the music of the language and how it sounds to me. And so I, I always begin with a first line, whose sound I love, and let let the language carry me into the story. So I never really know uh, what's going to happen. When I sit down to write a book, I have no clue. I don't know, you know, who's going to be in it, where it is. So the first lines begin with uh, Jack setting his pack down on a porch of a little cabin above this beautiful mountain stream. And you know, as I as I began uh, writing that, I thought, great! I, I'm a sucker for porches. <laughs> I love a good porch, especially <laughs> if it looks over uh, a, a nice river. And you know, it was Jack, and I, w- I was so glad to see him because I was kind of worried about him. At the end of the last book, he was broken hearted and, and alone. And so I thought, yeah, that's great. And and I see that he's uh, within a few pages has a job as a fly fishing guide, and I thought that's that's great. Uh, I think that'll be good for him. (laughs) Little did I know what was going to happen. And then, you know, I started to uh, see that, you know, people were wearing masks in places and that there were lockdowns in Crested Butte nearby and realized that this was, as I was writing, I realized that this was a world in which COVID variants were sweeping the country in waves and, uh, the people that it could, have, could afford to, the haves, the, the wealthy, were um, taking this as an opportunity to just isolate themselves in remote, beautiful places where they could do the stuff they love to do. And uh, so, you know, it just unfolded. I had no idea when, you know, that I, when I began it, that it was going to be about COVID, that that was going to be a central theme. But it became so, and uh, it kind of gripped me.
1: Yeah, and I have to ask, did you go back and add real world details? Because I noticed in the book that you mention a super bug variant, and briefly you mentioned that it came from India, or Jack mentions that it came from India, just like our Delta variant, is that just a coincidence, or were you able to go back and add? Really no, more I mean this
2: was all edited, copy edited, and out, you know, ready to be typeset before any of that happened. So it it is it gives you gives me goosebumps a little bit. I mean, my yes. first my first book, The Dog Stars, was about a pandemic sweeping the world. You know, the River, the last book, was about big big fires in Canada, long before that happened. You know, I wrote that you know years before you know that happened. So. I'm starting to get a little bit... (laughs) I'm starting to be a little bit more... I'm thinking, you know, be careful what you write about, right? (laughs) I know, yeah.
1: Um, You really have to be careful. You've got some sort of premonition ability. I don't don't know. Um, It was very eerie. That that was something that I really appreciated about the book is, for a long time, you don't actually say the word coronavirus, Um, but it was very eerie. So... Your books are are set a lot of them are set in Colorado, and you write very beautifully about um our wilderness landscape and what so what new aspects of Colorado and the Colorado wilderness were you trying to explore with this novel?
2: You know it's interesting I mean I sit in the coffee shop you know if I'm writing there or at home more lately with with covid um and I can transport to anywhere I want to go and so, I mean, it's sort of like, you know, it's my party, right? And so I usually end up transporting to places that I love. You know, why not? If I'm going to spend months writing a novel, let's be someplace that I'm really happy to be in. And so, um, you know, here we are in Colorado. I mean, I've been living here since 1987. I came here pretty quickly after college, um, I had come out um, during one summer and done some kayaking and it was a no-brainer. I mean, you know, I, I, I grew up back east. I got all my education up in New England and I love the country there. But after, you know, after experiencing the rivers here, I mean, in New England, in Northern New England, uh, the runoff happens and the rivers swell in early April and there's, you know, snow on the banks and ice in the water and, you know, it's kind of grim. You know, experiencing the rivers out here—you know, big water, hot uh, summer—you know, grazing elk, snow-capped peaks—it was sort of like a no-brainer to just, you know, make a beeline for Colorado when I could, and I did. And I've been, you know, in love with the country ever since. And so, you know, I sit down to write what became the guide, and. Here I was just above this beautiful in this beautiful canyon outside of Crested Butte on the Taylor River. Why not? Uh, so it wasn't so much a matter of, uh, of you know deliberate choice as, as my imagination drifting towards where it wanted to be.
1: This episode is brought to you by the Colorado Wine Board There are more than 165 wineries across Colorado to explore, and they produce all sorts of wine that reflect our unique culture and climate. So finding a label that you're going to love is easy, no matter where your adventure takes you. Discover it for yourself and support local winemakers at coloradowine.com. That's coloradowine.com. Aside from it being just a great thriller novel, which, you know, I love, um, I could really relate to the the writing and the beautiful passages about fishing um my fiance he's a really big fly fisher always has been and over the last couple summers he's been teaching me how to fish um and so i just really felt like those passages resonated even more with me um because you wrote so beautifully about it so you have you always been a big fisher
2: uh, no, I was scared of it. I mean, listen, I read A River Runs Through It <laughs> when I was twenty, <laughs> and it's it you know it scared me. It was like you know this is intimidating. You know you you know f- it, clearly fly fishing was an art, and it had you know the aura of you know some sort of magical you know had this mystique, and you know it just seemed um, <clears throat> so esoteric. And then I moved to Paonia, and my new friend Bobby Reed, who ran the gas station with his father and his son said, Pete, you know, a, a trout has the, a brain the size of, you know, a pea. And, uh, you know, just throw the damn fly out there and have fun. And he showed me a basic cast and he sent me up to the creek that became my touchstone, the place I, I fished, you know, every season, every time of day and night, um, when I was brokenhearted, when I was jubilant, you know, all through the last 30 years, I fished this one little canyon. And um, I began, you know, I began to just throw it out there and catch fish. And it sort of blew me away. It was like, wow, you know, I'm catching fish on a fly. This is the coolest thing. I didn't have waders. I had you know, old sneakers and shorts and I would fish into November, you know, with waiting and my legs would just go completely numb and I'd, you know, ride my motorcycle back down the canyon <laughs> in the dark and I just fell in love with it. And I'm, you know, I'm not a good fisherman at all. I mean, I know how to fish this one Creek. I get out on big rivers and stuff and I sort of have to ask everybody what to do. <laughs> I'm not a great fisherman, but I just love it. And I love the connection. And I really, really, you know, fishermen say this, but I don't care if I catch fish so much. I mean, it's great when I do, but you know, you know how it is. You know, when you're fishing, that the circle of awareness—you you become hyper aware somehow of the wind, of the smells, of the light on the water—and uh, because you have to to catch fish, and I love that connection. I lose my, I forget my name, I forget I'm a human being, and I uh, get sort of absorbed by the, the afternoon. I just love it.
1: Yeah, and that's exactly um, how your main character, Jack, describes fishing in the book. It's kind of a place, a safe place that he goes to when he wants to forget everything else in the world. And half of your novel is is a thriller, and half of it feels like an open love letter to fellow fishermen, um, <laughs> something really special that only other fly fishermen can relate to.
2: Oh, now, now, careful, because, uh, you, know, you know, I mean, it's true, sure. But what's really, really gratifying for me is the emails that I get from people that, you know, it's like, you know, some woman in, you know, like New Jersey who said, you know, I have no interest in fly fishing. I've never fished at all. And, but I really love those descriptions and it kind of makes me want to maybe try it. So that's what I'm shooting for, you know, not, not, not to just speak to the, sing to the choir.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, Well, yeah, he, you write about it so beautifully. I don't know who wouldn't want to, um to try that. So your main character Jack, he has this mantra and he says, "What could be better than this?" and he says it to try and keep himself in a positive frame of mind. Um where did that come from?
2: <laughs> well, Jack is a lot like me. I mean, you're not supposed to say this probably as a fiction I mean, I don't know what's legal as a fiction writer to say <laughs> or not say, but um <laughs> Jack, you know, people ask, when the Dog Stars came out, you know, are you Hig? And I would say, no, you know, you know he's six two and he can cook, so I'm not Higg. <laughs> uh, but, you know, Jack is a lot like me. Not that I'm as 10th as tough as he is, or anything like that, or can fish as well, or anything. But his approach to the world, the way his wariness of people, his, uh, the way he engages with beauty... Uh, with reading um, and poetry, um, the things that he doesn 't like about people that he sees in humanity that he doesn 't like, the things that he loves you know they 're all sort of similar to the way I, I look and, and, and feel the world and so um, if he says that, maybe maybe I say it once in a while also.
1: Well, Peter, that's that's all I've got for you. Um, the book was great. And I I found myself, which I haven't done in a really long time, I found myself trying to walk down the stairs while still holding the book. I found myself missing my mouth as I was eating chips. It was, it was very, very, very good. And um, I just have to say I loved it. I haven't been that enthralled by a book in so long. Um, thanks so much for joining me on CityCast Denver to talk a little bit about it.
2: Such a pleasure to be here. Thanks.
1: Thanks,
0: Peter. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a friend about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts. And follow us on Twitter at CityCast Denver. We'll be back tomorrow morning with another great reading recommendation to wrap up our summer book week. See you then.